0: Well, i tell you what, it's heating up in Salford. The good weather is here, apparently. Very warm afternoon here in the northwest of the UK. It's five o'clock. How are you? It's the Richie Allen Radio Show with you till seven o'clock this evening. And as usual, I've got two very interesting guests indeed.
1: It's the BBG, not the BBC.
2: You're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester.
3: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple
4: platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen.
0: Now, the founder of the Heritage Party, David Curtin, is back on the Richie Allen Show. He'll be with me in a half an hour. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about with David Topman indeed. Later on in the second hour, my friend Hayden Hewitt will be with me, the guy behind Altfeed and trigger warning. And again, much to get into with uh, the great Hayden Hewitt. That's uh, Tuesday's programme. You can drop me a message through my website, richieallen.co.uk or you can tweet Richie. That's what you can do. And, and, around about five minutes past six, I'll be making a draw. The wonderful Mark Bajerski did a lovely thing last week. He uh, donated a beautiful Maldivite crystal. It's a thing of beauty, Uh, worth a lot of money. And he said that anybody sending £5 or €5 to the programme would go into a draw. Now, the entrance, the entry is closed now. It's closed now, okay, No more entries. Uh, please, it's had an over. It's been an overwhelming success. It really has. We've had more than four hundred and fifty entrants, which is fantastic, and it 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 benefits this program, which is which is a wonderful thing. So thanks to Mark Pajerski. Uh, go to markpajerski Do follow him on YouTube. About five past six, I will draw a winner and five runners up. Right. What we do is every time an email came in, and some people did it more than once, so they'll be in the draw more than once. Uh, Around about six o'clock, just after six, what a, we we use a a, a, num, a random number generator. Every email got assigned a random number and we'll basically get five, uh, six numbers. The first one will win the crystal and then five runners up. I'll read out the names and Mark will get the email addresses later on and he'll do the best. He'll do the rest. He's already done his best. So thanks to you for taking part in that. It's hugely important, particularly because this is a very difficult time for the independent media because people are struggling financially and there isn't as much money for people to to do the things they like to do and to support the things they like to support. And and that's understandable. So it's a difficult time for the independent media and programmes like this. So a a huge thanks to Mark for doing that. More on that at the top of the hour. All righty then, as the cliche goes, mass hysteria has gripped the nation or mass psychosis, however you choose to see it. After England failed to win a penalty shootout in a big game on Sunday, again, they don't do too well in the old penalty shootouts, three black players were sent abusive messages on Twitter, the usual shite monkey emojis and the usual names, the N-word and other garbage, right, like that. So cue every public figure in the country, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, to rush to the telly to condemn this utter vile racism. And to gaslight the great television watching Unwashed, you and me, ...by telling us that we're racists, we're unconsciously biased and we have white privilege. I've dubbed it in the past the Virtue Signalling Olympics, but it's dangerous. We'll talk about it in a moment. Mass psychosis. And the results of the mass psychosis and the gaslighting is, you might be aware, there is a mural of Marcus Rashford in Whittington... ...on the side of a house, I believe... It was painted to honour Marcus's great work in forcing the government to U-turn on its decision to scrap free school meals for the less fortunate. Now, I like Marcus Rashford, and I ain't virtue signalling. He plays for the team I have supported since I could walk. So I like the lad. He's an articulate kid and he's a good lad. And he looks after his mum. And his mum looked after him when he was growing up. Now the mural was slightly defaced by a few scallywags. Which is not good. Okay. So what's been happening today reminds me. And this is going to sound like a real exaggeration. But it kind of reminds me of when Diana was murdered. They've been coming from all over the country. Football fans. To leave tributes at the wall of the house in Wisington containing the mural of Marcus. This is barking mad, this. And I don't care what anybody else thinks, it's barking.
5: Well, let's bring in Sky correspondent Sadia Chowdhury now, who's by the mural of Marcus Rashford in Manchester. That was defaced, uh, Sadia, and now it is being restored. <laughs>
1: Yes have a look at the response from the community here in Manchester. This mural is now uh, almost entirely covered in messages of support from people who have come and left post-its. So all different types of messages calling him a hero uh, Telling him his selfless compassion is inspiring. I can see a message here from Belgium, someone saying you make Manchester proud. And lots of people here today uh, posting messages that they've uh, made at home, but also there's some stationery left
0: here. In- some stationery left there. Messages from people from Belgium. Guys have come down from the northeast from Middlesbrough to stand around and post their messages of anti-racism at the mural of Marcus Rashford. And if you go down there yourself, there is stationery there, if you'd like to, well, to leave a message of conscience and and indicate and demonstrate that you're not racist this is barking
1: left here in case anyone wants to come and leave uh, make a message here of their own and uh, as you say the original artist nathan axe came uh, earlier this morning to restore it he, he spent about an hour working on it and there was quite a crowd then at the time watching him and i asked him he didn't want to speak on camera but i asked him about it and he said when he saw what had happened to the mural he was very upset by that but he was encouraged by the community response he was overwhelmed by that response to something marcus rashford has spoken about as well particularly the response from here in withington where of course he grew up let me read to you what he said in his statement he said,
0: this is marcus's statement
1: he said i can take critique of my performance all day long my penalty was not good enough it should have gone in But I will never apologise for who I am or where I came from. And of course, Andy Burnham has been speaking as as well about all of this.
0: Yeah, to help with Andy Burnham. You don't want to hear Andy Burnham. I will never apologise for who I am and where I came from. What does that even mean? I doubt Marcus knows what it means. But then I might be accused of gaslighting him. And I don't want to do that because I'm not him. And I don't know what he thinks about all of this. And the people are not virtue signalling. It's psychosis. It's it's programming. Messages from Belgium. Stationery left in case you want to rush down. Television images have shown hundreds of people travelling, as I said, from around Greater Manchester and further afield to come and leave messages at a mural of a footballer. It's crazy. Now, while the people have been gaslit or gaslighted, and maybe the football players are gaslighted too, the media whores. And they are whores, dear listener. Okay? They are whoring mother truckers. They're doing the virtue signalling. So it's time for the return of the virtue signalling charts. Yes. I'm going to count down the top four virtue signallers today. And by the way, all of these are from today. These are media personalities or talking heads. The virtue signalling Olympics. You've never heard anything like this in all your life. So let's have the top four countdown. I do a lot for charity. I mean, this is astonishing shit, this. Straight in at number four is James O'Brien from LBC Radio, talking about his own white privilege and how he pats himself on the back for his support, well, of equality.
3: These football players, these men, they can stop taking the knee when they want to. Come James, That's the point, isn't it? You want to know what white privilege is? White privilege is me sitting here that my opinion on when they should and shouldn't take the knee matters one (laughs) job. It's up to them. It's up to them and their colleagues of every colour. Incredible, isn't it? Even someone who spends about three hours a day patting himself on the back for being such a uh, a clear-eyed supporter of equality just (laughs) fell into that trap. How dare I? have a view on when they should and shouldn't stop taking the knee. They
0: stop. Yes, James. James O'Brien at number four with um, My White Privilege and How Dare I Tell Anybody About Taking the Knee. And he pats himself on the back at least five times a week for his virtuousness and, he, and his love of equality. At number three, a duet between Good Morning Britain's Ranveer Singh and Susanna Reid. A duet. Ranveer, the newsreader, is crying... And Richard Maidley tells her to dry her eyes but there's no stopping her and Susanna Reed number 3
4: Now look here Robert
0: you've got to read the news so dry your eyes No
6: it's <laughs> I mean The thing is it goes to the heart of what we want for our children My son going to school he's talked about racism that he's faced he's going to be nine this and nine We nine with, the, yeah but you think about it all the time And you're privileged if you don't have to think about it and the only time you think about it is when one of your heroes is suffering yeah. That's the definition Right that's the definition of, of privilege the is that Andy walks around with it all the time, whether he's talking about quizzes or whatever he's talking about. You can't shake it off if you're in that position. You can act like you are functioning normally, but all the time it's there. And privilege is having the choice. That's the privilege, isn't it? It's having the choice. And now I think we have to remove that privilege. We all have to think about it.
0: Yes. Good morning, Britain's answer to Pepsi and Shirley. That's Ranveer and Susanna. We've all got to think about our white privilege, don't we? At number two Here's Susanna Reid With a solo performance Any other week In any other year This would be number one But this is some bloody week I don't mind telling you Susanna Reid at number two Speaking about Saka, Sancho and Rashford The three degrees for 2021 maybe
2: I hope that they realise How many people love them Are proud of them And how many people they've
7: inspired Can you talk to your boys about this? Yeah, we talk. You, you, it's it's, it's
2: uh, and I think of ki-
7: course, I talk to my boys, Richard. You know, we should all we
2: all have yeah. to talk to our children about this. There is a, a letter online from a nine-year-old called Dexter.
0: Read out the letter from Dexter.
2: <clears throat> and Mark,
0: but don't cry now.
2: Tweeted it along with his statement, and it says, "Dear Marcus Rashford, I hope you won't be sad for long because you are such a good person." Last year. <laughs> You inspired me to help those less fortunate. I hope Marcus feels everything that's coming through from this letter and from all the messages of support. Then last night you inspired me again to always be brave. I'm proud of you. You'll always be a hero.
4: He's nine years old.
2: Raviya, I mean honestly,
6: it's it's hideous. What
0: that's England.
6: That's England. That isn't it. Dexter's England, right?
0: Dexter is England. Hang on. I have to blow my nose there. Any other week, that would be number one. Susanna Reid there with Dexter is England. Ably assisted by Ranveer Singh. Well, that's not number one because the number one is the greatest ever. The number one is the GOAT, the absolute GOAT. Guto Harris is a GB News presenter. His co-host is a black woman. And well, live on air while reading the news, he shoots for the moon. He takes a shot at the title and decides to interrupt bringing the news to the viewers by taking... The knee, Harris.
7: i tell you where I am, I've never understood why people would find it offensive. Mm. I can see, and I, I tend to be one of these people who thought, do we really have to do this at every football match? Yeah. Can't we just <laughs> enjoy, you know, whatever sport we're into? But having seen over the last few days just how close to the surface, just how deep-rooted, just how hideously ugly racism among some English football fans is, I totally get it why this squad throughout thought we have to say mm. day in day out every time we get on the field that racism is not on. He gets it, he gets it on. And I actually, with the benefit of hindsight, I may have underestimated how close to the surface the racism still was. I actually now get it, and so much so that I think you know we should all take the knee. In fact, why not take the knee now and ju-
0: why not take the knee right now? And he does live on air.
7: and just say it's a gesture, but it's an important gesture. And, you know, it's not about me in this studio, but for them to do that as footballers on the field makes sense because they're saying it's just not right. He's and racism has no place He's in football and knee. no place in modern Britain. And those people who think that being English is, is, is OK with being anti-black people...
0: Being English is OK with being anti-black people. Guto Harris, this week's number one...
4: To play, play the, the music. music It's time to light the light It's time to make the Muppets On the Muppet, Muppet
0: Show Day. tonight Muppets, Muppets, every one of them Shame on them for calling themselves journalists What the hell is that? I love Richard Madeley I love Richard Madeley I love Richard Madeley Partridge I mean, Partridge outdoing Partridge—the man who inspired Partridge outdoing his own character. This is wonderful.
3: Now look here, Ranveer, you've got to read the news. So dry your eyes. No.
0: Now, now look here, Ranveer, you've got to do the news. So dry your eyes. Now look here, Ranveer, you've got to read the news. So dry your eyes.
6: No, it's—I mean, it's, oh, oh, it's, oh, the oh. thing is, it goes to the heart of what we want, Rod. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nobody is racist. <laughs> <laughs> now dry your eyes, there, now Ranvier. Now, now look here, very Enid Blighton of him there. Now look here, young lady, lovely stuff. Only Maidley could do it, eh? It's quarter past five, by the way. Let's be let's be serious now, children, for a moment. The virtue signalling charts will return at some stage in the future. I have no idea when. I could do it every day. Dawn Butler is a Labour MP. And a black lady is she. She was on Sky News today and had some interesting things to say. Jesus wept, eh? Uh, here's John uh, Butler. Some of this stuff is, well, well. I don't know. I, I think this is funny in, in a Kafka way, I think. The same people that are abusing people
8: online are being racist are the same people that are going home and beating their partners. So, you know, we eradicate, we call out these people, we will rid society of many social ills. What was that? The same people that are abusing people online and being racist are the same people that are going home and beating their partners.
0: Do you have a study to support that there, Dawn? Or are you just making it up off the top of your head? Dawn then thanked even, she tanked, if you're in Dublin or in Waterford, she tanked dropping your THs. She tanked the anti-racists.
8: But what I really want to say, I want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who covered Marcus Rashford's um, picture with mm. warm messages and flowers and and like affirmations. Thank you to everybody that's come out and support the players. Thank you to everybody who is an anti-racist in society. I want to say thank you because it's by the power of those people that is actually um, we're seeing movement, that we're seeing change. And I think we have to we have to be vigilant. We have to constantly be vigilant, and we have to constantly call it out. So thank you to everybody that is in this. Fight and that is being an anti-racist because that's what makes a difference. <laughs> I will not be looking to the prime minister because I know he's track record. I know the language that he uses. I know how they talk in private on their WhatsApp groups. We know what they're about. We will constantly hold them to account. But at the end of the day, society matters and people matters and being an anti-racist matters. So thank you to all the anti-racists.
5: Yeah, and, and and that question, that that term anti-racist. What does it mean to be? an anti-racist? What do people need to do in order to call this out?
0: Wow, what do you need to do to be an anti-racist?
8: You have to be constantly vigilant. It's not enough just to not be racist or say, I don't say this word or that word or, you know, I don't discriminate.
0: You have to do... It's not good enough to not discriminate. Now, this is something we've heard a lot. It's a recurring theme and I've gotten into this quite a lot of times and it'll be familiar ground for A lot of our listeners, but not for many of them who are pretty recent converts to the programme, astonishing this. It's not good enough to be uh, anti-racist. It's not good enough to not say nasty things. It's not good enough to not discriminate anymore.
8: Racists will say, I don't say this word or that word or, you know, I don't discriminate. You have to do more than that. You have to call it out whenever you see it. You have to stand up and say it's wrong. You have to call it out if you see it in a shop. You have to call it out if you see somebody discriminated against. You have to call it out if you see it in your workplace. You have to call it out every single time. And you you don't stand for it. You know, when you say, you know, taking the knee is saying we're not going to stand for racist and wow. racism you know, in our society, that's what it means and that's what it meant to all of those, and, you know, thank you to Southgate for making sure that he was firmly behind that, for wearing a rainbow armband <laughs> for wearing a
0: rainbow armband, this is the stuff you see this is where it leads, eventually you'll be, you'll be I suppose judged, not for anything that you have done but by what you are not doing I told you that a very, 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 very close friend of mine, very close, was, on more than one occasion, was invited to Zoom meetings at a very well-known company. Zoom meetings that were attended by some of the gay staff. And the straight friend of mine was basically told that you're kind of expected now. To show that you stand against homophobia by attending these meetings. Non-attendance, well, it won't be looked too favourably upon. It won't be looked on too favourably. So wearing the armband and all this crap, this is what's coming down the line. It really is not good enough to just mind your own business anymore. You know, most of us couldn't give an arse. Whether the people that we are friends with are gay or straight or black or green or blue. Or trans. you couldn't care less. I've said it a thousand times. My criteria is very simple. It's incredibly simple. Are you nice? Can you hold a conversation? Can you get around in? And are you not too precious about yourself? If you answer yes to those questions, I don't care what you are, who you sleep with, who your God is. And the vast majority of people I meet and have met through my journey in life are very much like that. That's how they feel. There isn't widespread discrimination in society against any group. We are being gas-lighted or gaslit. We are. We're being broken down psychologically. A system that wants to do unspeakable things to us as a, as a, as a race, as a human race. The system has things planned for us that is unimaginable. It doesn't care. Nobody is more of a victim than anybody else. We're all under the jackboot now. But this is how it divides us, gaslights us. It breaks us down mentally by telling us that we are worthless, terrible, bad people. It's telling us 24 hours a day that society is bad. We're bad, we're terrible people, we're racist. It's terrible, it's endemic. We're hateful, we're full of hate speech. We we hate trans people, we hate gay people. Of course we don't. That's not to say that you can't find some individuals that might have some negative feelings towards people. But they're in so much in the minority that you have more chance of dying of coronavirus if you're a Premier League footballer than you have a fine in these people. That's the truth of it. I say this. It's not conjecture. This is the truth. You are bloody decent, you. And I mean that. No virtue signalling. No partridge here. This ain't partridge. You are fecking good. You're decent. You look after the people around you. If anybody needed, needed a favour, you wouldn't give a damn who they were or what they looked like. You'd help them out. That's who you really are. But they're telling you all the time that you're shit. Why? Because it's a technique that has been used by people who want to destroy people psychologically. Why? Why, Richie? Why would they do that? So that they can then rebuild you up in the mould of what they want you to be in the future, in the great reset. That's what they're doing. Look at what the army does. Look at Paris Island, a place I visited many, many years ago, by the way. A very brief visit when I travelled in America in 2002 they get all these recruits in, and these drill sergeants break them down and tell them they're shit, they're useless, they're slow, they're crap, they're scum. Until they've broken them like you'd break a horse. And then they build them up into into monsters. Don't they? And there's a parallel there with what's going on here. You're not racist, you're not a homophobe, you're not a transphobe. You're not bad, you're not full of hate speech, you're not sick, you're not stupid... You're decent. You're like me, I'm decent as well. I'm not great now, and I don't think you're great either, but we're decent, aren't we? We're decent. We do a turn for somebody. We don't infringe upon our neighbours. We don't put ourselves on top of people. We get up and we try and earn a few shillings and we look after our families. That's all we do. We're decent. We're decent. Don't listen to it anymore. Turn it off. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. It's fucking rubbish, is what it is. Constant, day in, day out, how bad you are you 're great you 're all that what did David say to me so many times david like you 're all that is that ever was that ever can be that 's what you are you're, you're, un, you're you are boundless limitless potential you 're amazing sod the rest of them that 's what I say now. Scotland is going to ease restrictions this coming monday like the like like England, but it 's going to keep the mandatory masks apparently for a while anyway uh, let 's hear a bit from uh, Nicola Sturgeon. <laughs> Yeah, that's our Nicola Sturgeon when she was a bit younger. She's Scotland's first minister. Listen to the language here.
5: I know many of you feel anxious about any easing of restrictions, particularly if you can't have the vaccine or if you have conditions or are on treatment that suppress your immune system. The Scottish Government is very aware of that. We will not abandon you but as long as necessary we will ask people to take sensible precautions like the wearing of face coverings to allow you like everyone else to enjoy more normal life again did you hear that did you We're hear... also launching a... did
0: you hear that speaking about the vulnerable did you hear this we will
5: ask people to take sensible
0: we will ask people to take sensible measures
5: as long as necessary we will ask people to take sensible precautions like the wearing of face coverings to allow you like everyone else to enjoy more normal life again
0: madness this is insane Sturgeon is saying, we're going to keep measures. Why? Well, because there are some vulnerable people who might get the flu, who might get a chest infection. So we're going to look after them. And by doing that, we're going to compel you to take, basically play Russian roulette with your own health by wearing face coverings, which can can do, well, they can do any number of of, uh, negative things to you, to your well-being, to your health, physically and mentally. This is madness. It goes on.
5: Lastly, we know that there are around 13,000 people at high clinical risk who haven't yet had both doses of the vaccine. So if you are one of them and if you are able to get vaccinated, please do so. Yeah. Then, off, so that final note of caution explains again the careful balance at the heart of our decisions today. The vaccination programme is working. It definitely is working. And that gives us confidence to ease restrictions further. The case numbers are still high. Covid still poses a risk to the health of many. In the race between the vaccine and the virus, we believe the vaccine will win, but we can't allow the virus to run too far ahead. So we must stick to a cautious approach.
0: Yeah, we can't let the virus go too far ahead of the vaccine. So we have to keep a cautious approach. And this is going to be the way of it, not just in Scotland, but in the UK In Ireland, in France, where Emmanuel Macron last night declared that you will need a COVID pass to go to to, to shopping centres, to restaurants. And he declared that healthcare workers have until September the 15th to get jabbed. If they're not jabbed by then, they'll be fined. In Ireland, they will be opening up indoor hospitality Only to people who have had two jabs. They'll be playing this game for as long as we allow them to play it. Oh, you can go outside for a bit. Oh, it's looking a bit dodgy now. We have a variant. The virus has gotten a little bit too far ahead. Let's rein it all in. This is where it's going. And I think I've been saying this since, well, since April last year. It is 27 and a half minutes past the hour. Let me remind you, not taking any more entries for... The draw for the wonderful Maldivite Crystal donated by my great friend Mark Pajerski. Go to com. Shortly after six, I'll, I'll take six random uh, emails from the last few days. You've got as much chance as anybody else. The, the emails themselves weren't given numbers 1 to 400 in, in terms of since since they started coming in. They've been given random numbers. We'll draw six random numbers. I'll read the names out on air. Mark will get the email addresses and then he'll do the rest. And once again, thanks to him. But more importantly, thanks to you as well. Here's Johnny Cash and June Carter. David... Yeah, Johnny Cash, yeah. (laughs) He said Johnny Carter. Johnny Cash and June Carter, who later became June Carter. Cash and Jackson on the Richie Allen Radio Show Tuesday's programme, the 13th of July... 2021, let's welcome back to the programme the founder of the Heritage Party, a former member of the London Assembly, a top, top guy, a politician, former teacher as well. Lovely to welcome David Curtin back to the programme. Look, Sonny, where you are, David, how are you? (laughs)
3: It's actually really nice, thank you. But great to be here on the
0: show. It's great to have you back. Yeah. Apparently the weather, men and women are telling us that we've got a couple of weeks of good weather coming. So please God, all all fingers crossed. Before we talk COVID passports and before we talk restrictions and never-ending and all of that, um, I'm not being humble, I really mean this. I have a lot to say about race relations and race baiting, but I'm a very bold, middle-aged Irish bloke who... I've never really experienced prejudice ever, and today some people I know very well are saying to me, "I like what you have to say, Richie." But then other people I know quite well are saying, "Richie, walk a mile in my shoes." You know, you've got a cheek to be pontificating about about racism. Look, it's nasty when people say things uh, about footballers after after a game. It's 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 rot, and I don't like the fact that people you know call people names and say these things. But I'm not sure that it's indicative of a much wider problem of genuine hatred in the country. That's all I'm saying. You are a black gentleman. You've lived with it. Um, Give us the lowdown. Put me in my place. What's really going on? Are we as bad in this country as we're being told we are?
3: No, not at all. And this is a wonderful country for everybody of every race, every ethnicity. You know, I mean, I, I grew up with a bit of racism. You know, I experienced it myself. Um, I was, you know, experienced some nasty things. I was beaten up and stuff, you know, a couple of times when I was a child in the 70s and early 80s, you know, for being um, a black or brown, if you like, in um, a village which was predominantly white. And, you know, I saw NF um, National Front sort of signs daubed uh, in a lot of places. I mean, one of the worst things I remember, I mean, I I didn't know, I didn't even realize at the time, but you know, I sat down and waiting for a train uh, on on a station um, in Sussex where I lived. And yeah, some guy came up and talked to me. I thought he was being friendly. And um, he said to me, ah, see you've had a bit of the old tar brushing then. And I'm like, I didn't even know what he meant. I just thought, um, what What are you talking about? He carried on, you know, he was actually being Completely overtly racist. Yeah. Um, but as a naive uh, kid, I didn't even realise that he was. And yeah, he ended up saying, "Ah, oh, I think people like you should go back to Africa and uh, you know leave us for the white people." Then I realised it's like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah. You know, uh, horrible, horrible feeling after that. But you know, that wasn't everybody. You, you know, it was a, it, it was a minority of people even then. And you know, as um as I grew up, it sort of seemed to completely disappear and disappear to be honest and you know i remember in the 90s actually sitting in a in, in a pub in salisbury where i lived at the time and um you know someone came in uh, i was with a group of friends uh, and they just started having a go at me um and you know they said uh, what are you doing in here you nigger so excuse my language but that was yeah, okay, what they yeah, said, yeah. You yeah know. um in the 90s but, david the 90s but the difference there was Everybody in the bar, as one man, stood up and defended me, and this guy got thrown out, you know. And that was in the space of, you know, 10, 15 years that the change around. So here's yeah.
0: the $64 million that, question. Cool. This fascinates me. Here's the $64 million question. What, because what you described to me, I've heard, I've interviewed everybody over the years. I've had Bonnie Greer on, I've had everybody, you know, very, very well known black and mixed race. Um, celebrities or or academics and I really believe that in the 70s it was it was deadly potentially if, um, yeah. if you were an ethnic minority and that was deadly serious and that had to be dealt with. No better man than you to ask how did that shift come about in mentality from somebody thinking they could sit down next to you on a bench and say that to you, which is disgraceful and I ain't yeah. virtuous, that's horrendous, to where we inherently just wouldn't put up with that anymore what happened? How did that change?
3: To be honest, I mean, I I really don't know um, how that changed because I was a child, obviously, in the 80s. I mean, the the early 80s were very, very different to the late 80s. I think the sort of change and shift came around sometime around the mid 80s um, before then. There was, you know, it, there was racism, but after then it seemed to not be so much. And then, you know, in the 90s, it was like everybody was just, you know, happy to be with each other and so on. But, you know, to be honest, I don't know, uh, you know, what yeah. caused that wider, you know, shift and dynamic change and so on. Did but, we grow
0: up? Uh, I mean, did we, did, uh, by we, I mean everybody, did we evolve? Did we become more enlightened i mean you would imagine as years go by populations surely there is some sort of here we go subconscious um
3: growing up maybe maybe that has something to do with it i don't know yeah perhaps but you know i mean i think the the, the 80s were were a unique decade you know they they were the thatcher years you know and, and people have different um opinions of her for good or bad but but it was a time of of an economic boom you know, so I think people had a different, um, you know, focus there. I mean, it, obviously, it, it it wasn't the same in the north of England to the south of England. I mean, I'm, I'm talking my experience from living in the south of England. Uh, there, there was a huge boom there and, and everybody just seemed to, you know, come be be more interested in you know doing business making money <laughs> this kind of yeah, thing yeah. they didn't have time to, to you know to be worried about being racist because everyone was just getting on together and um you know enjoying uh what what happened you know there now i know i i, I realized that i mean i'm from the south and i realized that people listening from the north of england might have a very very different experience and uh, you know view of of the 80s because they had you know things were different but but, but that's just what, you know, sort of seemed to be going on in London and the South. So so perhaps, you know, that it seemed to dissipate there.
0: There was more um, integration, wasn't there? I've done, I've read, I've gone into this. I've tried to read about race relations in this country and tried to read kind of unbiased uh, sources, David. And what they did in the north of the country, seemingly, correct me if I'm wrong, but they there seemed to be a deliberate policy of when people came in from West Indies, when people came in from, say, Asia, there was almost a deliberate policy to isolate those groups of people. And that was negative, very negative, that. Because obviously the Indigenous population, well, they, without realising it, were, were almost being conditioned to see people as a threat to them or the other. There seemed to be that d- deliberate policy where, I'm not saying it didn't go on in the South, but there seemed to be more immigra- sorry, integration in the South. Am I right in saying that? I
3: I think so. You you know, I mean, London was you know the centre of the economic boom, obviously of the 80s and cultural change and cultural shift, and you know, everyone was just getting on uh, together because they weren't worried, you know, about what skin colour you were. I mean, I remember, you know, I I lived in the London in the 90s, and it was it was lovely because there were people of all different colours, but nobody cared. You know, it was I'm David. There's Raoul. There's Maria from Russia. There's Mohammed. You know, there's. you know, um, Jürgen from Germany, yeah. and ever nobody cared. We were just people. We were just human beings enjoying um, life, but, but trying to since get ahead. Then, yeah, there's been the whole, you know, cultural Marxist drive to separate people again into different races and divide people and to stir up tension. You, you know, I mean, I say often the 90s were a great decade because it was a wonderful time between the fall of the Berlin Wall. And 9 11. You had a little space there where there was just such hope for the future that we could actually create a whole better world globally because communism had fallen. We were all just, you know, looking to make, you know, the most of ourselves, the most of society. But then it's sort of all. Just came crashing down. We got Blair and ratings. we got Blair
0: and Bush, didn't we? We got Blair yeah, and Bush yeah, invading countries that had nothing to do with nine eleven, and then it's begun. David Curtin is our guest. Well, thanks for those insights, David. Um, I don't. I. I'd hate. To, I mean, I'll never meet Marcus Rashford or Bukayo Saka. Saka, excuse me. I'll never meet them. What as as even though I'm a white guy, as a relatively experienced guy, who has gone through a few things over the years, some difficult patches, I would say to those young lads, it doesn't matter whatever some bloke says on social media hiding behind anonymity, how could you allow that guy to hurt you you know, you're a successful, intelligent man, you've got it all going for you, don't allow the government or don't allow institutions infantilise you and almost take control of your well-being. You're big and ugly enough. That's what we used to say in Ireland, big and ugly enough, you know, when we were kids, to, to deal with this sort of thing. Um, but then again, but, but, but black people listening to this might say, again, Richie, you don't understand what you're talking about. But that's what I would say to them. Final word on this subject, David, before we move on to you.
3: Um, yeah, yeah, look, I would completely agree. I mean, you've got this narrative here that there's all these nasty things happening on social media, but who knows if these people are real? I mean, most of them seem to be uh, accounts that are, are you know, bots or foreign, if they are at all, um, you know, saying nasty things. But personally, I haven't seen anything at all which looks like racist, racism against these three guys. There's just a general sort of narrative that this is happening. But, you know, we, we can't see it because either they have been... Taken down, but no one can seem to point to any specific person who said anything specifically nasty. And certainly no one said anything to their faces. It's just people mouthing off on social media, whether they're real or not, you know. Um, yeah. so I think this is all uh, you know a storm in a teacup, but it's being um hyped up to continue this Black Lives Matter narrative, the this narrative that Britain is systemically racist and we We need to tackle white privilege and therefore we need to have um, positive discrimination for BAME people. And we need to, you know, flagellate ourselves for slavery and things that happened uh, 200 years ago, rather than just saying, look, we're all in this. We're all in this together. Let's get on. Let's be happy. Let's be British. Let's be English, whatever. Scottish, Welsh, enjoy ourselves and uh, look to the future and build our nation again. It's divisive rather than constructive.
0: Good stuff. I have to apologize. You never correct me. You're, you're really decent. And you, you should do it to me because I deserve it. When you're being interviewed by a radio presenter and they say something that's flatly wrong, you should get stuck in. Of course, your mum was, uh, I think, born and bred here. I think your dad was Jamaican. So I yeah. shouldn't, I shouldn't, I should categorize you, of course, as mixed heritage. So apologies for that. It dawned on me just a second ago. I'm an idiot, mate. But there you are. I told you that before, anyway. Um, we're going to be in lockdowns or some degree of
3: lockdowns forevermore, are we? the way things are going how do you feel Well, if we don't stand up and take back our freedom, we are. You know, we have fundamental freedoms that that come from common law, that come from natural law or whatever, but we've just seen them trashed over the last year and a half. I mean, these are freedoms that our forefathers fought and died for in the Second World War and many, many times before throughout history. And it's so disappointing that people have so easily just given them away. You know, the, the government and the globalists, they consider... That if you don't uh push back against them when they're taking freedom from you, then you are consenting to whatever they do. So we we cannot be passive. We have to be active in resisting and saying, No, we're not having this. You know, and what we got in this country is like having a regime change without a physical change of regime. You know, people voted for Johnson in 2019 because he said, I'm going to get Brexit done. I'm going to level up. That's all they that's all they thought of. That's all they voted for. But he hasn't really done either. He hasn't leveled up. He's leveled everything down and uh, will continue to do, including our freedoms. You know, these people are going to take away our freedoms uh, progressively uh, more and more and more. You know, there's, there's the illusion here of Freedom Day, which was supposed to be uh, the 21st of June. It was put back uh, now to the 19th of July. And just before they're doing it, now they're saying, but we want to introduce vaccine passports, which is really Chinese communist Party style digital identity. You know, when we get this, freedom will be gone. You know, far more than it has been in the last sixteen months. And yet yeah, there was never I'll never say never. There's never a point where we can never get it back, but it's gonna be more and more difficult to get back if we keep on capitulating and if we keep on being passive. So you know, we have to strike out, we have to be more persistent, we need to double down and double down again and again and again to stop these people from trashing our country and trashing our freedoms. We gotta do it, you know. Otherwise, we are going to be ending up living in a virtual prison.
0: No doubt. And do do you think businesses need to take the lead here? Because it looks like Johnson's government is going mm-hmm. to pressure businesses to run this COVID certification or vaccine passport scheme. And I really, and I know you do as well. I know through UKIP and through the Heritage Party, you know, businesses have always been interested in you and your party and what you're doing because you're pro-business, right? So yeah. I, know that, I, I know that it's been terrible for them. I, I know that. And I know they do not want to do this stuff. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, And I think I said something today, not not that I ever have too many profound statements to make, but they're staring into the abyss now. It's like another few weeks and businesses are gone forever. Pressure is going to be brought to bear on them to do this. And I have a feeling that the government, as we get to autumn, is going to be basically threatening the businesses of this country by saying, look, cases, again, you know, oh, we're a bit worried, oh, variants. If you don't run these schemes, we'll close you down. So will businesses be in a position to stand up against this because I think if businesses do it I think people will follow their lead what do you think?
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, this is, of course, the government's going to do this. I mean, they said back in January, we're not going to introduce vaccine passports. Now they're saying, we want you to implement them on a voluntary basis. And then they're threatening them, if you don't do it on a voluntary basis, we'll make you do it. But I mean, this is just coercion. I mean, they—they, I don't think they will be able to, if all businesses just get together and say, we're not doing this, the government loses its power. You know, it's like um, with the freedom rallies, you know, I I was on the the first couple uh, over a year ago where there were only 100 people or 300 people. The police could just easily shut them down in a few minutes. Then there were the ones in Trafalgar Square with 10,000 people. They couldn't shut those down. They did eventually, but we resisted for a number of hours. Now you have 200,000 people plus going out on the street every month. They don't do anything. Because they know there's too many people, um, they're they're powerless against so many people peacefully marching in the street for freedom. You know, um, there was a terrible story of the court case this week of uh, this cafe in Plymouth. I've forgotten the name of the cafe, but they were fined £42,000 for continuing to open um, and for the terrible crime of serving coffee. You know, and and the the sort of uh, sm- smears and feeding of their families, and feeding
0: no. their family, David, and feeding yeah, their exactly. family, yeah,
3: exactly. doing their business, doing their job, um, you know, and and feeding the 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 you know the the people who the, their customers, and then you know making money for their families. This is now crime. Under Johnson, who's supposed to be a conservative, who's supposed to support businesses. So this is not what the global the globalists want, to shut down small and medium-sized businesses. So the only businesses left are these huge global monopolies, which then will work hand-in-glove with the government. So essentially, we'll have Italian fascism. You know, which is like the the government doesn't uh, own anything, but it controls it controls controls all the businesses. And it says which ones can operate and which ones can't. And if you don't follow the government line, then you're not going to be allowed to operate. But, you know, I mean, if they if all the businesses got together and said, we're not doing this vaccine passport thing, we're not doing digital identity, then the government loses its power and the people um take back control simply by not consenting and not complying and refusing to be coerced that's what we need to do but it, it's it's so hard um for because they
0: divided everyone. us you said i i saw i've seen you say this and i believe this to be true you said this because they've been so successful over the years in dividing us along all of these lines you know the 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 fake you, you know the, the the culture wars Mm. this identity politics so that the vast majority of, I mean, we we know our next door neighbours on either side and we're very fond of um, our neighbours, particularly um, one set of our neighbours, the other set we get on with really well, but we don't see them that often. Mm. Now, I I understand that's that's a rare thing that, but I have to put my hands up and say that elsewhere in our community in Salford, I haven't a clue, David, who these people are. And they're my neighbours. I share a street with them, you know. And I do remember, I grew up in a place called Priory Lawn in Ballybeg in Waterford City in Ireland. I tell you what, David, off the top of my head, on Priory Lawn, which is a very long road. Now, it's been so many years, 30, 35, 36 years. I can tell you the names of everybody who lived in those houses. But that's changed. And that, I think, is a barrier to a collective civil disobedience. I don't know what you think, but it's it's a big problem.
3: It is, you know, I mean, especially in the big cities now, the big metropolises, people don't really know their neighbours much. I mean, you know, I've lived in London for five years, I don't really know the neighbours and the people in my street. I mean, I, I recognise one or two of them and maybe say a, a quick hello to some of them. But, you know, the people that I I really sort of get on with and see, you know, on a more regular basis and not my immediate geographical yeah, yeah. neighbours, but they're people, you know, all over the place in sort of networks of interest and, you know, that's a difference. I mean, it doesn't mean that we have fewer friends and fewer people that we are in contact with. It just means that they're more geographically dispersed. But um Do
0: they need to be more local? Do you think they need to
3: be more local in order for civil disobedience to work? Yeah, we need to build this back again. Um, and it's easier in smaller places. I mean, this this is just one of the things about, you know, big cities, you know, London, Manchester, Birmingham, you know, whatever. So it's harder to do in big cities, especially when people are moving around a lot more. And that's one of the things about, you know, this country over the last 50 years. And so when people are moving, 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 moving far more frequently, you know, people aren't really staying um, in their communities so much anymore. I mean, this has kind to of be lost all over the place people say whether it's the city whether it's small towns even villages you know i mean a lot of villages um sadly you know people have just sold up and houses have been sold to to people from london coming with lots of money buying up you know nice places in the country and of course then that destroys the the feel of the community just because people move out and and i don't know where they go to you know i was up in norwich last weekend and you know someone was saying that to me there you know people sell their old fishermen's cottage cottages very sad but they take the money and then they move somewhere so you know the community is destroyed um that way um it, it It is uh, difficult to get that sense of community, you know, that we had in this country before people started moving around more. But, you know, we've got to find ways of, of getting that back again. And, you know, there's this movement around called Stand in the Park. You probably heard of it. Brilliant. Glad you watch. brought
0: it up. Glad you brought it up. Tell us about it. For people who've never heard about it, tell us.
3: Yes, yeah, so I th- I I think it started in Sydney, but it's come over here to the UK. People just go on Sunday morning and they just get together and stand in the park and meet up and talk and and uh, chat with each other and share ideas. Maybe go for a little walk around, and uh, it's just anyone you can go. Um, but it's just people who love freedom who want to get together and try to recreate that sort of sense of local community, which is great, you know. Right. And people were doing this when it was illegal. To yeah. So I mean I can't even yeah. believe I'm saying that. I know that you know, it was in the UK. We had a period where it was illegal to me in a park. Jesus.
0: Not not Stalinist Russia, not not North Korea. Can you must be aware. You know it's easy for me to sit here in the UK and throw stones. My country is a basket case. You probably know that a 66-year-old grandmother called Margaret Buttimer has been sent to prison in Cork for 90 days for repeatedly refusing to wear a face covering. I'm not making this up. This is a grandmother now who's a, who's got every right not to wear one of these dangerous muzzles, by the way. But, um, yeah, she, she was given a suspended sentence previously and yesterday a judge basically threw the book at her and sent her to prison for um 90 days. Now, it's unlikely she'll serve 90 days in prison, but that doesn't matter. I mean, this is Ireland. I, I can't get over this. I really can't. I mean, you must be flabbergasted at that.
3: Ireland was supposed to be more relaxed and more community-oriented than the UK, you know. I mean, I always thought of at the times I've been to Ireland, it was just so friendly, so easygoing. I mean, I I can't hardly believe, you know, countries that we think of like this, Ireland, you know, Australia is another one. Um, you know, people are just sent to prison for just doing normal things, just yeah. going about with your face showing, I this is, you know, this is like the Soviet Union where the, the Cheka would come round and just arrest you for looking at a statue the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, they just make up these rules which have no basis in logic or reason, but it's just to um, <laughs> make crimes that you can arbitrarily be sentenced to. I mean, really, this is like the... Early days of the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany, we're recreating again, you know. And I, I don't think that I'm going too far in saying that because this is what's happening. It's appalling. It's appalling.
0: You know, you know what the judge said to her? A guy called Judge uh, McNulty, this guy McNulty, he sent to her in sentencing her during the summing up. He said, um, inexplicably, wait for it, inexplicably and inexcusably, Margaret Bottomer has shown profound disrespect for all those who have lost their businesses. I mean, you could choke on the irony. The government has caused the businesses to collapse. And he's sending a woman to jail for not respecting the collapsed businesses that have been destroyed by the government. I I mean, and you know what, David, there hasn't been a single condemnation by an Irish journalist today. Would you believe that?
3: Really? Yeah. Uh, I I this this is absolutely sick isn't it really yeah. I mean what what are these people thinking I mean you you'd think anybody with any decency would just go this is tyranny right here right now you know I mean this is what people are supposed to you know go to school and learn this is what happened is in, in Nazi Germany Let, let's look at the signs for this so that we can stop it happening lest we forget we say that every year when we go to Remembrance Day, but you know, people have forgotten what 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 is going on with people's heads. What is going on with this judge that he is sentencing someone to prison for not wearing a mask? I mean, really, I mean, you you would care. You, you you get a less severe sentence for bashing someone over the head. You would actually. You would. You
0: would if you had a rumble on the cobbles after a pub, and you hit somebody from behind and 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 gave them a black eye or cut them, you probably wouldn't get more than a few days, probably. That's a very good point. Final question to you today. Thanks for coming back on. This is no joke either. Evidence is emerging that they will impose lockdowns in the near future to prevent climate change. This is not a joke. I mean, you talk... I, I know it sounds so doom and gloom today, doesn't it? But they're
3: actually speaking about this, David. Yeah, they are speaking about this. And, you know, I think if they do, it won't be because there is any actual climate change, but it's because um, there may be food shortages coming up because of stupid decisions people are making. You know, they're, they're. Actually, at the moment, you know, talking up this narrative that there's going to be food shortages because there's not enough drivers. But, you know, from what I'm hearing for people on the ground, this is not the actual case. I mean, people are actually manipulating the market in order to fabricate food shortages by buying them and making sure they don't get to the shops. I mean, I don't know about in this country specifically, I've got to look into it more. But I do hear that in the US, for example, um, the federal government is now paying farmers more to destroy their crops yes. than to actually harvest them and sell and them feed into people. the market.
0: Yeah, and feed people. It's, it's yeah. so upside down, David, it's uh, it's staggering. We, I always get a very good reaction when you're on, and you'll see yourself when you go on Twitter, you've got a big Twitter following yourself. Excuse me, it's at David Curtin. K-U-R-T-E-N on Twitter. Follow David. Is there anywhere else online, uh, David, that people should go to uh, to engage with you or is Twitter the best place?
3: Yeah, Twitter. Twitter's good. I mean, I'm on Gab as well. Uh, I'm on Facebook. You know, it's just David Curtin. You can look me up. Um, I have my own website, davidcurtin.net. And also, of course, I'm leader of the Heritage Party, so you can look at our manifesto, heritageparty.org. Uh, You can join us there. But, you know, our manifesto is very much for freedom uh, and for liberty. And, you know, specifically in there, we oppose all of these coronavirus regulations and say we should never get into this situation ever again.
0: Brilliant to have you on, David. As always, come back any time, mate. Have a a great rest of your Tuesday.
3: Thanks a lot. Good Cheers to Cheers, David, to.
0: and you. Uh, the great David Curtin there, live from London. Check out the Heritage Party online. Uh, it's at David Curtin, K-U-R-T-E-N, on Twitter. Love having him. on. love chatting with him. Always good value is David. I remember that David's mum, white British next time, and dad was Jamaican. I remember that. I did that to somebody else before years ago. I interviewed John Fashionu's niece, I think. Yeah, Justin's daughter, Ahmad Fashionu. Yeah, that's right. And she was very kind. She didn't correct me until the end of the program, until we'd finished. I was referred to as a black lady, but in fact, uh, she uh, she's mixed race. Lovely. Uh, Angela met David at the last protest she went to. Lovely man, says Angela. Thanks so much for that, Angela. Going to do the, the the draw now. In a few minutes' time, but five minutes past six, uh, the draw. I'm looking forward to that. I've got the the random number generator here. I've got a jingle. And uh, we've got five runners up and we've got a winner. Thanks again to com. Lovely. Hi to Simon Brock. How you doing, Simon? Thanks for your tweet. PBG Richie. You can also contact me through the website, richieallen.co.uk. That is a wee bit temperamental at the moment. I'm being reliably told. Not all the messages are getting through to me, but that happens when these websites are updating themselves and uh, new new software is being uh, downloaded and uploaded to a website, it can happen. So so there you go. Somebody called Crater is asking me, am I an ideologue of the climate fear faction? No, I'm not at all. And I was being ironic. But irony is lost on many these days. I wrote an article today about how scientists would like climate change deaths to be reported on the daily news in the same way that they regale us with climate, excuse me, with COVID cases and COVID deaths. Because we are regaled on a daily basis. Are we not, dear listener? Are we not? We're told that, well, 20,000 new cases and and uh, 90 new deaths, 90 deaths of those who tested positive, who died within 28 days of testing positive and all that crap. Now, scientists scientists in inverted commas, right, (laughs) in Glasgow, they believe that climate change should be, should be classified as a global health emergency, just as COVID was, and therefore we should get daily updates on how dangerous things are. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they'll do a story, they'll speak to, I don't know, They'll speak to Beth Rigby, Sky's political editor. Beth Rigby, our political editor there. Um, let's have a look at the daily climate change death numbers. That's what they'll do. That's what they'll do. Somebody, somebody very funny, in fact, made a funny comment on Twitter today. They, they'll they'll um, announce so many deaths within seven days of a bad weather event. That's how it'll be. 67 people have died since or within seven days of the last anomalous climate change manufactured weather event. This is no joke. Climate evangelicals calling themselves scientists want deaths caused by climate change to be reported every single day just like COVID. Yes, I know. Here we are. So I'll say no more about that. I'll say no more about it now. I'll say no more about it. Ewan Cooper says that he recommends Stand in the Park for lifting your spirits. I've been to a couple now, Richie, in different parts of the country, and the same welcoming, friendly attitude uh, was the same in both locations. It's a good way to network, says Ewan. There is one in Salford. It meets, I think, I understand it meets, during Sunday morning melodies. Some people will do anything to get away from Sunday Morning Melodies. But no, it meets uh, 11 o'clock, I believe, in Salford, so I'm excluded right there. I can't go. I can't go. That being said, I wouldn't go. Why, are you too good for standing the park, are you baldy? Of course I'm not. But I don't have very much free time. In fact, I have hardly any. So I like to spend it with uh, my other half, El Frago Tremendo, as she's known in the community. Lots of tweets, thanks for them. Thank you for them. Absolute horror being expressed at the fate of Margaret Puttermer, the 66 year old Gran, who's been banged up because, well, she just wouldn't bow down to tyranny. Wear a mask, Neil. Wear a mask, Neil. Neil means no, Osqueilge in Irish. We'll bang you up then. Not a word. Not a word. Of uh, criticism in the Irish media. Imagine it. Imagine it. Yeah. Charlie says, I find racism mind-numbingly boring, even when I'm on the receiving end of it. Maybe, if everyone yawned, it would just die a death. Fair enough. William says the 70s and 80s were about creating divisions. The 90s was all about keeping the masses distracted before the big event, which was September the 11th, says William. Thank you, William. Lovely. My articles are they're they're spreading far and wide. By the way, I see quite a few trolls tweeting me. That's good. That's good news. They're getting out there. My articles on Thatcher. Faisal tweets: Were the Thatcher times a true economic boom, even in the south? Rents slash cost of living skyrocketing. Student grants being taken away, etc. I agree, Faisal. I agree. I've said it too many times about Thatcher's Britain on this programme. I thought that David might have been fond of Thatcher. A lot of people who were in their early adulthood, in the 80s, were fond of Thatcher because it seemed that things were on the up and up, for many of them, you know, in the city. So forgive them for they know not what they say. Yes. Hi to Brian Murphy. How you doing, Brian? He says, the shift was down to the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I asked David, why that shift from the National Front and violent attacks against black people and other people of colour, which were real? It was going on. It was dangerous, right? Why that shift then to, you know, a guy getting chased out of a pub for calling somebody the N-word, as it were? Uh, the fresh Prince of Bel-Air, says, says Brian. Maybe, maybe I've missed a trick there. Right, now here we go. Here we go. Roll up, roll up. Massive thanks to Mark Bajerski, who is a great friend of mine and a great friend of the independent media's. When he was on the programme last week, at the very conclusion of it, he said, Richie, got a very beautiful, and it is a beautiful thing of beauty, you've seen it on Mark's YouTube channel, Maldivite Crystal. He said, Richie, from from last week till five o'clock today, anybody who sends five quid or five euro to the programme will go into a draw for the crystal. And... Uh, you know, you could get two, three, four tickets, depending if you wanted to do that. And some did. Let me assure you, everybody who sent me a message, every single support, every single um, five pounds or five euro has been logged. Everyone was grabbed. If you send five euro, five quid or more, you're in the draw. And what I did was I assigned random numbers. We had more than 400 entrants which is wonderful, right? So I signed a random number to every single one of them. So the first email that came in isn't necessarily numbered 1, and the final one that came in isn't necessarily numbered 400. See see what I did there? So I've got a little silly, cheap, random number generator on screen now, and I'm very simply just going to generate some numbers. And I'm going to tell you who the names of the runners-up are first, the five runners-up. I know. I'm not going to do a drum roll. I've just robbed... Alex Trebek's Jeopardy Here you are Spare no expense here I don't mind telling you But do check out Mark's YouTube channel Mark Bayersky on YouTube Although he's um, Suffering a bit of censorship There of late Aren't we all Aren't we all indeed Right So I'm going to do a Random bit of clicking here To generate a number Ah oh, the best laid plans Of mice and men And all of that Let me just bring it up here again Lovely chubbly Have I got it? have. Lovely stuff. Right, here we go. Okay. Let me just do this. Right, first number then is number 62. These are the runners-up now. And number 62, runner-up is Bruno Perlstein. Bruno Perlstein. That's P-E-R-L-S-T-E-I-N. Well done, Bruno. Runner-up. First runner-up or fifth runner-up or something. Second runner-up, let's do the old random number generator again. I'll try and make this as big as I can. Number 138. And that is... Linda Jankford or Yankford. Linda J A N K O R D. No, it's Yankord. Linda Jankord or Yankord. Yes, well done, Linda. Good job. Lovely, lovely. Let's do the old number again. This time it's 135. And that's Emily Harnett. Emily Harnett. H A R N E T T. Well done, Emily. Good job. Run her up there. Let's do another one quick. 364 this time scroll on down, see who that is that's Louise Parton, well done Louise good job, well played and thanks for supporting the Richie Allen show let's do another one at the speed of light number 9 this time Jesus, I don't know if I can pronounce this Uh, 9 is Ziga Dermitz, that's D-E-R-M-I-T-Z Ziga Dermitz, runner up well done Ziga, well done and finally, the winner of the Maldivite Crystal, supplied by the great Mark Byersky of markbierski.com. It's number 268. Jesus. Let me just find that now and give it to you. This is all above board. Alex Burns from Stokes Kennedy Crowley is here observing. How you doing, Alex? He winked. He winked, so it's all going well. Right, 268. And the winner is of the Maldivite Crystal. It's somebody called Sophia Isad spelt I-S-S-A-A-D, Sophia Isad. Well done, Sophia. And thanks a million for your support. And thanks so much to, as I said, the great, great Mark Byerski for his support as well. Let me just read those names out again. The winner is Sophia Isad. The runners-up, Ziga Dermitz, Louise Parton, Emily Harnett, Linda Jancord, Jankord, and Bruno Perlstein. And again, markbierski.com, a million thanks for the support. Isn't that lovely? And it's been a great success for the radio programme at a time when it was much needed. So thank you to Mark and everybody who works with him. Hayden Hewitt will be with me in a few minutes' time. Uh, You don't want to miss him. Lots to talk about. We're not going to spend so much time on COVID. We are going to talk about a very interesting story, which you can read at richieallen.co.uk right now, if you like, by the way. And that story is uh, incredibly about a reading event that took place at a library in Ilford in London, and how parents were horrified when an actor turned up to the reading event wearing a costume, which is horrendous. Parents complain after actor wears shocking costume at kids' event. We'll get into that with Hayden and uh, much more besides as well. And I'm looking for a tune now. Yes, I've got a tune. I've got a tune. Yeah, I got so caught up with the old uh, raffle there that I, I messed up big time. But I have a tune now. This is Swede and this is Trash. On the Richie Allen Show, second hour, the 13th of uh, July. That's the one. Thanks again to Mark, Fajarski and all the gang there. Hayden Hughes next. Now, that is Swade and Trash on the Richie Allen Radio Show. Before I forget to tell you, there will be a phone in tomorrow from 5. Thirty. A phone in from 5.30. Giving you a heads up on that. I'll be taking phone calls and Skype calls from you at 5.30 tomorrow, Wednesday, right up until 7 o'clock. Keep it in mind, I will put memes up later on with the details and I'll do that again tomorrow morning. Uh, My next guest needs no introduction whatsoever. He's the man behind the new platform, altfeed.org. The trigger warning show, of course, and the altfeed show now on, on YouTube. The co-founder of the now gone sadly live The one and only Hayden Hewitt. How are you doing?
4: I'm not so bad, Richie. How are you doing i Not
0: not too shabby at all. When I saw that story we're going to kick off with today, I immediately <laughs> thought of you because um you've been I think it's fair to say, warning people in the last few years that these things are are they're, they're no longer anomalous. They're becoming more frequent. Let me do a very, very quick summing up of it. We saw a Labour councillor came out today, an Ilford-based councillor called Jazz Athwal and he apologised because on Saturday a reading event took place at a library in Ilford and an actor was hired to help put on that reading event and he turned up wearing a rainbow coloured monkey costume, seemingly monkey costume, but with a great big dildo hanging from his waist And his backside and his nipples bared to the world. It's horrendous and I've never been prudish. This is awful. How does it even happen? But this is not new, is
4: it? I think I've just moved out of signal range there.
0: You're back. I think you're back in the house. He's not. No. We'll give him a minute to get back to signal range. Hayden Hewitt, by the way, altfeed.org, a brand new platform to share and discuss information that is banned elsewhere. Do check it out. This story is absolutely mental, really. Uh, the Labour MP for Ilford North, Ilford North, a guy called Wealth Streeting, he said, I'm deeply concerned by the, the fact that this happened. He spoke to the Mail Online and he said that he'd sent a letter to the company who hired the actors saying, How the hell did they think this costume was appropriate for family audiences in libraries? I see he's Hayden back. Are you back, Hayden? No, he's not. If uh, if it comes to it, we'll do it on the old dog and bone. We'll try again. We'll persevere with the line. This is the sort of thing that used to happen years ago on international football commentary. But we're back. I think we're back. Are we back? I'm,
4: I'm here. Are you there?
0: I'm there. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I I don't go anywhere. You're outside now for a better signal.
4: <laughs> I am. I'm doing my best. I'm where your neighbours where your neighbours are yes. going to hear
0: you talking about dildos and they're going yes, to wonder someone's... what the hell is going
4: on. Richie, that is far and away not the worst thing they'll have ever heard me talk about. I'm sure
0: I'm sure it is. <laughs> so, what happened in Ilford, though shocking Wait, to many, is not it's, new.
4: It's really weird though, because um, the council said obviously we didn't know. But when someone brought it to the attention of um, someone running the Twitter feed for the libraries or whatever, they're like, Well, if you've got it, flaunt it. No. And, yeah, and then when I looked into the groups, it's a group, it wasn't one individual. I'm sorry, apparently I moved in next door to Monty Don. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Of course, um, it's not an individual. This is an entire group that do these things. And all of the animals are kind of sexually unusual. Um, And there was photos and they'd cleaned out their acts, but archive.org always comes to the rescue of, like, encouraging little children to stroke the woodbirds and things. And, um, yeah, so I'm not sure how this would have happened.
0: Hang on a second, hang on. Are you telling me that this is a common enough thing where you have these animals that, well, they're costumes for actors to wear and they are animals, but animals with... Where the penises are very prominent. And And the children are encouraged to touch these things. This is a
4: group. This is a a group of people that do these things. They're like, you know, a troop. Yeah. And um, I imagine they're available for birthdays and bar mitzvahs and all kinds of things. How? Um, But I I don't know. I don't know. I'm living in clown world, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. I understand postmodernism, you know, from Marxism leads to critical theory and critical yes. race theory and gender identity, you know, and I understand the, much in the way I understand how a car works. But yeah. you could also just tell me it's fairy magic. I don't know how we've ended up at this place. I I, I just don't know. If We're you, you, had, a child, if you had a child,
0: if you had a child, defend. Well, let's before we come to the defending thing. If you had a child that you dropped off and you learn that this idiot showed up in that costume, I know that you would introduce that guy to his own dildo. I know you would. Of
4: course I would, without a moment's hesitation. Yeah,
0: we can place it somewhere on your person, that it'll be nice and safe. How did they get the car? Where do they think it's okay to do that? I just don't get it.
4: It's affirmation. A lot of this, again, a lot of it, it's, you know... A groundswell affirmation from queer theory up to social media, which has amplified this a thousand, ten thousand times. You've got people that think that's acceptable. Drag queen story time right. is acceptable even when they're of a sexual nature. When most drag queens will tell you we're not for kids. Are you, you telling know? me, are you
0: yeah. telling me, and I hate to do this because I would have criticised right wing shock jocks. I would have criticised right wing shock jocks for what I'm about to do now, but I'm going to do it because I feel strongly enough about it, are you telling me that total fucking freaks want the public somehow to, to affirm them that it's okay to be a total fucking freak? Yeah. Because that is a fucking freak that went into that library.
4: Look well, where we are, Rich, okay? you've got a guy exposing himself to women and children in a spa. Yeah. In America, being being protected.
0: Tell us about that. Tell us, tell us that story. Go on, tell us. Take all the time you want. Went,
4: so someone went in, said he was a woman. So in California, they have to let him in. And this is where self-ID is. The problem when people say you're against trans people. I'm not asked about trans people. No. But I, I know what men are like. Okay. Yeah. And he went in. He was getting uncomfortably close to women and children, little girls in these changing rooms with his tackle out and showing it to all and sundry very proudly. And now the, uh, the the sort of confirmation bias has kicked in. It's all a lie because the woman that reported it is a black woman who's religious, so it's a lie. And Slate picked up on that to help them out. Antifa turned up to riot on behalf of a nonce, because any man, I don't care what you identify as, I don't care what you think, any man that gets his tackle out in front of women and children is a nonce.
0: He's a paedophile, yeah.
4: It's like a full-blown... So nonsense. this
0: hairy arse uh, guy who says he's a woman jumped into a pool with women and children.
4: Oh, the pool, taking showers, facing the changing rooms.
0: Got the tackle out. And oh, yes. and this so-called anti-fascist group turned up to support him?
4: Oh, yeah, because, the freak. because some people opposed to it came out to protest. And, of course, they weren't all fine people either, you know? Because wow. the extremes, we get judged from both sides. But then they turned up to defend the nonsense and said, we stand up for our trans brothers and sisters. But anyone with any sense will see that the last thing any real trans people with dysphoria would do is act like that. Because that's not a part of what they want to associate. We, we know trans
0: people, you and I. And of course, yeah, of course we, we shouldn't even have to defend that. them. Of course they don't. And so, also, this is, they... going
4: to set back, this is going to set back gay rights decades. Of course it is. It took them so many years to get away from that. Completely unfair. Yeah. Um, conflation between them being pedophiles and
0: gay. My mate John made this point on social media today. John is in New York John is gay, married mm. to Steve gentlemen, i know to know John.
4: John. I think I know John, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and he said, he made the very same point. So what I can't understand is why the San Francisco Police Department are not Billy Clubbing the bejesus out of the nonce that's jumped into a women's changing room and, and a pool
4: Because he says he's a winner. This is is where we are now. What we've done in, when all the original things were drawn up, the GRCs and things like that, and we we assumed trans people were trans people. Yeah. But but, but of course, like queer theory dictates and postmodernism, the umbrella has widened dramatically to just be gender identity trumps all. Because we should all be this homogenous people that are happy with everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, as soon as that door is opened, the monsters come through. And that's what we're doing. We're letting the monsters in and patting ourselves on the back for being very inclusive.
0: Can you describe that video? Because this is obviously radio. Can you describe that horrendous video that you showed me this morning? <laughs> I'll,
4: I'll give it a go. Yeah. Um well, so I'm just checking if my wife wants a drink. We're going to make like a drink while I'm on with you. Um, okay, basically uh, it was a couple uh, lying in bed with with a, a little baby, and the um, the man was a woman and the woman was a man. And he was uh, trying to. I think they call it chest feeding, don't they? Not breastfeeding. And when asked, he said, "No, it's it's not getting any milk." Of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. So uh, yeah, well, we're expected to tolerate this. Otherwise I saw this video. Monsters.
0: It's genuine. I, can yes. I just endorse this? And I'm going to I'm going to retweet this video. You have a man who thinks he's a woman with a baby, <clears throat> forcing baby. basically a baby to attach Lack. itself yeah, to his nipples. On. Yeah.
4: And um, we're supposed to affirm this. Uh, but you again, are you stunning and brave? Why he's is he not prop. being
0: dragged out of his house? charged with child abuse and banged up.
4: Because it's gone throughout the entire system. It's what they tried to do with pie, pretty much. But the society wasn't ready by then. But now we're cheering for them. We're cheering for them. Is that really, is this
0: this really common from people who have long held ambitions to normalise the rape of children? Is that where this is going?
4: I don't know, that's that's definitely a part of it, and there's no denying that. If you look at the map movement um, on social media and Twitter, which is, you know, like, well, we, we definitely don't attack children, so we should be proud of our pedophilia. Yeah.
0: Um,
4: that's, they're trying to normalise that. There's organisations like Prostasia in America who uh, push it very hard. They're a child protection org that also has a section on reforming forum for child sex dolls. Um, the, the, the world, it's it's just gone mad. It's just gone mad. Every day, I feel every one of my forty eight years. Yeah. But I I don't understand how we could allow this.
0: No, neither do I, neither, neither how have do I. How how do you end up um, accepting that? I am looking. I am looking at it's the video now. It's th- 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 it's it's sick to look at the video. Yes, you've got this is. bloke who says he's a woman. He's a bloke. You've got this woman who says she's a man. It's horrendous. He stro- she's stroking his head and he's holding the child and the child, he's holding the child to his nipples. This is child abuse. Yes, it is. Stone cold it, child
4: abuse. 100%. 100%. And it's things like, you know, the gender dysphoria. I know it, it must be incredibly difficult for some people to deal with. But well, people like that seem to get over it long enough to get pregnant. Um, men don't get pregnant, you see. I don't care what anyone says. I'd get banned off Twitter for saying that. Again, <laughs> this happens to me quite a lot.
0: Are there, uh, just, just for saying that men can't get pregnant.
4: Mate, I told someone they were male. It was part of an argument on that as well. It wasn't just me randomly chasing people around, screaming, you're a male. Um, I said, well, you are male. And I was suspended for 12 hours.
0: For telling a man that he's a man. Yeah. You're, you're a man. Yeah.
4: yeah, I didn't even mention gender. I didn't even mention it because I'm not stupid but yeah, you know, we're just we're in an unwinnable situation and now it's, uh, it's it's very difficult Andrew Lawrence just shot himself in the foot for something that he'd got a pass on a few years ago I you know I don't know whether he's racist or not and it was not ill Ill advised comment that he made, but he's, he's finished now.
0: Tell, tell us now. Let's not, because I don't know. Yeah, Educate he made. Um, Who is he, he by he, the he, way? Who is he?
4: He's an online comedian. He's always taking the mick out of the woke. Yeah. That's what he does. I, I wasn't a massive follower, but I was certainly aware of him. And he put a joke up and he put a just saying all the white guys scored the penalties.
0: Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. So everyone went berserk. And what, what? think you should go all right right. it's just a joke calm yourself and move on but he had to double down and he went look don't be all set because black people can't take penalties (laughs) now that's not racist however it was perceived to be perceived to be racist yeah and i i accused him of doing it to himself because he knew full well his entire he knew what would happen well he was in their hands if you're in the hands of the woke, they will crush you. And they just got in touch with all the places that were going to put him on and just took apart his entire tour.
0: I saw that. So, so his timing was terrible and he knew this yes. because, because idiots were tweeting... Definitely racist comments to the yes. three footballers. His timing was wrong. I saw what happened then. This guy, Andrew Lawrence, yeah. So immediately... He
4: was stupid, doubling down. He's lost Since his tour.
0: That. He's lost his tour. Because you have all these arseholes then, these worthy yeah. people who've never made a mistake in their lives. They're contacting mm-hmm. the venues and they're saying, uh, you can't have this guy, he's a racist. And it hasn't been determined. And then you've got Femi and arseholes like oh. Owen Jones who go looking to exactly. destroy
4: people. That's why I I get away with what I do because I'm very hard to cancel. Yeah. Not because I've got pots of money in the bank, just because the people I work with, they know who I am. You're
0: like Jonathan Hart, you're a self-made millionaire. So oh, Mister, no, of course you're not a self-made millionaire no but you're, you're, you're a guy who platforms yourself so it's going to be more difficult to to get rid it of could you
4: be. Yeah. I can't tell you on air about this too much but I will tell you off air because he's super exciting I'm itching to tell you I only heard today mm-hmm. but it could be they might have a way of cancelling something I'm going to do soon but if they do that might be very beneficial for me as well so I, it's a win-win I'll say what I want, I don't care And I say the things I say because I think they need to be said. Because anyone else that feels that way and tries to talk about the things I talk about finds themselves harassed, losing jobs, having their family attacked, you know? So if you can stand up, you should. It's your job. You're beholden to do that, in my opinion.
0: Well, I I agree. Well, I'm going to be a hypocrite now because earlier on, you've got Dawn Butler from Labour, saying that not being racist is not good enough, not having any hatred in your heart for black people is not good enough. You've got to be visibly doing something. And of course I say, no, that's outrageous.
4: You have to do everyone else's job for them. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the, the best way to defeat racism is just don't be racist. And you know, just, just crack on.
0: Well, 99,000 out of oxygen. every 100,000 are not. This is the thing we're not, people That's are a, not racist, well,
4: and we're just giving oxygen to them. And now, look yeah. at this big push, including from Richard Tice, about excuse me, about doing away with anonymity online, which I think is a horrific idea.
0: I agree. Now, it does piss me off when you got these morons. You know, threatening you and you know I've had quite a bit of abuse over the years. I yeah. never I never complain about it. But when they start threatening your family, just for a brief second now, just for a microsecond, I think I'd love to know where you are, but I am in agreement with you. I think it's outrageous that they're going to try and compel Twitter and Facebook to hold all the details on every single user. There are the bloody good be- reasons for anonymity as well.
4: What they tell me is, oh, well, your data will be safe. And I'm like, well, you know what? I've been in the business that I don't know about that. Number two, I do know, and I know this for a fact, because it's my personal experience. Let's say you're online, maybe you're Turkish, and you say something negative about the Turkish government. As is your right, yes? Yeah. But then Turkey get in touch and say, who is that? Give us their information. Yeah. Turkey. Did it more than almost any other country? No better man experience. than you to talk about this, because you had this for and years. This does happen, and we always said the same thing. No.
0: Yeah.
4: Oh well, the best thing was with Live League is like if they put a warrant out they couldn't compel us because we didn't even make people use the real email addresses. Yeah. <coughs> for precisely this reason. You were um, doing you were doing end-to-end end to end encryption
0: thing. long before anybody else was doing it. But you were doing yeah. it in your own way. Listen, we don't well, want your real email address. Do
4: yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want that information on people. What good is it to me? I'm not Jeff Bezos. No.
0: no just, and by the way, don't be talking about are, Turkey anymore.
4: The, don't be talking these about are Turkey. Some of the reasons though. These are some of the reasons I'm not a self No,
0: exactly. I know. I know you could have been. You guys could be. I'll made say a fortune. what I
4: like about Turkey, and you won't stop. No, me.
0: of course not. No, but but you know, if you, if if you want um if you want uh, an example, just look at your own country now. Forget about Turkey. Well, this is full on totalitarianism now
4: oh, we're, we're embracing it wholeheartedly, aren't we? You know, I've as you know, I am not anti-vaccine. I know it annoys a great deal of you listeners who give me th- round tellings off.
0: That's the last
4: time but you're going to say that words. on this
0: programme, by the way.
4: Next time oh, you're I'm gone. sorry. <laughs> right. Sorry, I think I dropped out again there. But <laughs> I'm ahead. not anti-vaccine. However, I support everyone's right to believe or, you know, whatever they wish. And that's important. But I'm seeing this push now to compel people.
0: Yeah.
4: And that horrifies me deeply. Even as someone that, that sees so many of the positives in, in vaccination in general, and I do, um, whether anyone likes it or not, you know, complain at me later, it's fine. Just tweet at me that I'm a shilfer with the government of your choosing. We've grown, we're your we're, we're, to we're, we're, we're
0: grown up. We, we, we're grown up. We, we, uh, we, we are grown up. We are. Yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. And, uh, but I am
4: horrified by what's happening. Yeah, I'm horrified at the coercion. I'm horrified at the way people are embracing the idea of inviting government into every aspect of your life to tell you what to see, the online harms bill, what to think, wear a mask. Every It should be choice. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. That's it. If you want to, if you feel better and safer, do it, do it and and be happy. Don't tell anybody else to do it. Vaccines, I might be fine with it. It doesn't mean I've got a right to tell somebody else to do it. Your body, your business. You know, don't give me this shit about killing granny. It's you, We've got to draw a line. And, and it's important we draw a line because this will not stop ever. No, it won't. No. This will not stop. You know, it's comply on your own behalf. Stand up for those who maybe disagree with you. This is important. This is very, very important because it's about choice. I won't be compelled one way or another. I I won't be compelled by anti-vaxxers or pro-vaxxers. I'll make my own decisions based on information I have and my risk-reward ratio as I perceive it.
0: Yeah, and it's nobody's business either, what you do and what you don't do. Whether you do take it or not, nobody's business. You're making a great point there. And by the way, I see a lot of media types lately, more than usual, which which is maybe positive, who have said that they've had it but they are disgusted at the idea that those who haven't had it might be prevented from going about their daily business. That's nice to
4: see that. Well, someone asked me today, and I, I put a about, you know, we want to be controlled. I said, well, perhaps a little, because what are governments for? Well, let me tell you what governments are for. To protect us militarily, um, to look after the infrastructure, um, to keep the economy afloat. After that, stay out of my life. Absolutely. Stay out of my life. You've got your hands in my pockets 24-7. You're telling me what to think, eat, say, believe. You're going to push us off the roads with these electric cars, which is a dreadful idea. It's not the right technology. They are the laser disc of transport. Hydrogen cell vehicles, they would be the future. But we've done what you know a few people did in the 80s. They thought laser disc, that's where it's at. 8-track, fantastic. You know? It's, it's a dead technology, but it will price out the common people. Self-driving cars, perfect. We'll tell you where you can go. Exactly. we we'll, exactly. we'll have eight, 18 weeks climate lockdown a year. That'll be fantastic. Yeah. When you're sitting in your house, Oh, you can't go anywhere and you can't have a car, but you're allowed on the bus. And I just I can't live like this.
0: I had a dream the other night. I very rarely remember my dreams, but I did have a dream and... I was dreaming about getting into my car. Now, I know why I had the dream, because I've been talking a lot about climate lockdowns. And I get into my car, and I'm in the car, and the car tells me that I can't go anywhere because um, there's the, the, the neighbourhood has used up its uh, carbon emissions for the week. And the car itself is overridden, or I'm overridden by... Some central computer. I, honest to God, had that dream.
4: Oh, no, this, this will happen. It'll happen. I've no, yeah, <laughs> I've no, I've no doubt. I, yeah. I don't have a, a, a single doubt. And you know how um, non-conspiratorily I tend to be. Yeah. But there's a difference between connecting the dots where you want them to go and connecting the dots and really not liking where he's going. Yeah. And um, it, it's patently obvious if we invite them into all of this of our entire lives, why would they leave? Why would they leave? We can just be obedient little cash cows, being productive, um, giving them our money, and you know, putting them in positions of power. So why would they leave? Why? Are we ever, ever going to have a champion in Westminster? Of course not. Of course not. It's We're on a very dangerous road now. We're on a very dangerous road. And, of course, what makes it work is the technology is so appealing. Because self-driving cars, let's be honest, that's like the stuff we used to think about when we were kids. Yeah, well, they flew yeah. then as well. And the idea of getting in the car in the morning, having a nap on your way to work, and therefore not being awake when you crash and burn yeah. is very appealing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I like this sort of stuff. I love the stuff. It's just all the other things we're doing without thinking. I mean, what was it that a scientist did the other day? They took a, a male rat and a female rat. They stitched them together joined their nervous system and everything else put the uterus in the male rat to see if it could carry a baby and i'm asking well, what what was what's spending for this and one guy actually told me it will help our understanding of pregnancy
0: no no it's th- th- what they're doing is trialing a future world. transhumanism yes absolutely <laughs> i mean these are nazis these guys and girls
4: there's a there's a billionaire trans guy that's i've forgotten his name again a billionaire trans guy yeah, he's in the state. I'll try and dig out if he owns a large pharmaceuticals company and he's very invested in transhumanism to the point he when his wife dies, because he is married to a woman, he's going to download her into a uh, robot of sorts, apparently. He's gonna try and that's download his, his
0: wife's consciousness into <laughs> yes, a
4: robot. Yes, yes, yeah, that's his that's his goal, apparently. But this is this is this guy is out there and he's one of the ones pushing the narrative. Because the entire narrative goes into that, you know. You you shouldn't have your own gender, your own sex. You should be interchangeable. Yeah. You know, and of course the horror of it is there are genuine things happening like, you know, um, techniques to repair spines, to give people exoskeletons, to do wonderful things. But at the same time, the investment in this side of things Darper. is incredible. Yeah. see, so, And this guy's pushing a lot of it. I will try and dig out his info for you. I just can't out of the memory banks of my ageing and ailing mind. I can't quite uh, pull it out of there. But this surreal guy is worth a fortune. and he's-
0: Your critics, know, like by fortune. the way, do, do put us in touch, because we'll, I'd like to talk about this more often going forward. Yeah. You, you, your, your critics should acknowledge your humility because th- th- some of these things are things that a few years ago, you, some of the people that I've interviewed over the years, a few years ago, th- some of the people I've interviewed have been talking about these things. And um, I'm not going to say that you were dismissive because I don't think you've ever really dismissed anything. I think you're pretty open-minded. But I think you would have thought, well, these things are unlikely. But you're humble enough now to say, well, like uh, most people, uh, yeah,
4: I'll, I'll, like myself. I believe, it when I, I believe it when I see it. Yeah, I can't I, help that. And here we I are. might be interested and I'll file all the information away. And, you know, some things I am openly dismissive of, others not so much, because like everybody, I've got my own biases and beliefs and everything else. But I try and keep things in mind and there's there's no shame in going, you know what, that's, (laughs) that is real. There's no shame. I'd rather being wrong just means you're learning. If If you can admit when you've been wrong, you're learning. That and wasn't the back fine.
0: door. That wasn't the back door, sneaky way of um, saying to you that no, you've been no, wrong. No, because no, 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 because right. I'm I'm the same. I'm the same. There the are things that I said No way.
4: Yeah. Is being being wrong is something to be attacked. Yeah. I often say, and I'll say it till my dying breath, and you know this is true of me as a as a, as a person is, I'd rather fail than not try.
0: Absolutely right. I'm wrong a thousand times a week.
4: There's nothing worse than not trying. I'd rather get it wrong and learn than just not try, just accept everything that anybody tells me. I mean, anybody, you know, you've got to back it up with something. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I might ridicule it. Sometimes I might just find it amusing to ridicule it because I am, I enjoy being an (laughs) asshole sometimes. Other times I'll file it away and look at it again in the future and if it turns out to be so. So I always
0: be it. Um, I always suspected that you enjoyed being an arsehole sometimes. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it
4: is. But
0: somebody... it's enjoyable. <laughs> That's
4: what trolling used to be. Trolling used to be fun. Well you do it in a oh, very tongue in
0: cheek way. I don't see you really insulting people. I don't see that really.
4: At oh, all. Sometimes well, I I, <laughs> I really but only people would deserve it. Yeah. which is only about 99.9% of the population obviously Men you who try to breastfeed babies some, um, kind of deserve it don't yes. they? Yes, when you put someone yeah. in front of me on Twitter that says you know I'm a proud paedophile, what am I going to do?
0: By the way just in case our listeners think this isn't going on, uh, this group of proud paedophiles are out there and they want affirmation, what? they want to be loved because they say we would love to have sex with children but we don't do it so there you are, of course so you we're great <laughs> They, yeah. also,
4: they want a letter on the alphabet as well. Mother of God. And uh, there's people pushing for that. They want a letter the on
0: the alphabet. I love it. So you'll, you'll LGBTQ plus minus three and then MAP, pedophiles, P. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just,
4: just peel there, won't it? And I think it's Dr. Cantor, the guy that put together the letter that convinced Twitter to allow him on there after Tumblr got rigged. Um, he's one pushing for that. And he's to do with prostate as well. Um, Prostasia's chief, one of their chief child k- experts, is also heavily into kink, uh, including child play. That's so, who I'd want.
0: So, a bunch of pedophiles convinced Twitter to allow them use a platform that is used by millions of children.
4: Oh, they've convinced Twitter that it is safer to allow them to be on a public platform and be open because they can support each other in not offending i've delved into the map community to go in i go fishing every once in a while they're not all non-offending there's a reason more and more child porn is being found on twitter There's is there's a real reason same reason women's sexual crime statistics are going up you
0: know, it's right, right
4: there in front of us it's how, right there in front of us
0: how how is it possible that Child pornography could appear on Twitter. How is that even a thing?
4: I don't remember. They had like certain code words for each other, and they just share it through the system or link people to something outside the system. I think they call mega dumps at one time, where there's just loads of stuff in there. Obviously, I never asked for links or followed them because I'm not serious. So what the hell do I want to do that for? But these people are doing that out in the open, out in the open and. I've had arguments I can't believe I'm arguing. Why should I have to tell you this is wrong?
0: Yeah.
4: yeah. You know, and then when I said, well, you know, the solution as far as I'm concerned for you guys is a captive bolt gun, you know, <laughs> just that's, that's it. And then I got another 12 hours. Got another 12 hours <laughs> for that. I, I, I had the cure, dude. I had the cure. We, Graham and I worked out, you get a big building, you put a big sign on it, kids, come see the kids. And when you walk into a door, there's a there's a, there's a circular opening in the wall, and it's looking here for the kids. And when they put their head through there, and that's finished trapdoor done. Can make it down into fertilizer and send to Africa to grow crops. I thought it right the way through. Jesus, man, Final solutions for Pigos aren't quite as evil. That's just.
0: <clears throat> I won't get that image out of my head now for about six months. Mm-hmm.
4: Dude, it's a dark, dark world out there You know when people tell me, oh you're lively You were scum and they've got no idea Well do you know, it's, funny, happens, it's funny you say next. that
0: I, I wrote a Very childish article about the Weightlifter, New Zealand and, Oh uh, uh, yeah, childish <laughs> right? Absolutely big childish i would be the first to admit it, it's childish But I, I'm still trying to make a point It's ridiculous And now, a Manchester based Trans woman um sent me some nasty tweets. Was and th- coats. No, no, it wasn't. No, no. It was somebody who works in escorting, by all accounts. Oh, oh, oh. So, so wait for it. So so speaking of morality. Well, well, well just like you, yeah. Well, look, we there, there are reasons people go into escorting. You and I both know that. Yeah, uh, well, economic reasons. Uh, but anyway, right, before we get into that before that <laughs> bombshell. So being fair. And again, I'm not trying to signal, signal myself as to be some sort of worthy person. I'm far from worthy. But I do like to invite people to come on. So being yeah. fair, I went to... So I clicked on the person's name so I could bring up their, their tweets. And uh, I was going to send him a tweet, send this person a tweet. say, look, you obviously take offence. Come on, I really will not try and embarrass you. Come on and what have you. But the, all the person was using their Twitter account for was to tweet themselves having sex. Beautiful And doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things And I thought How is this even on Twitter You know what I mean
4: Oh Twitter's Twitter's loaded with that stuff But how though it's, and I, I often ask someone of How do you have gender dysphoria yeah. How do you have gender dysphoria Which from all I can find is, is a tremendous and painful Mental issue But be so proud of your cock Because how how, That's not something ladies have um, but apparently, that just makes me the monster. That, yeah, I did not know. I think the jury's out on this one. Hey, there is a contradiction is when-
0: there, isn't there? There is a contradiction well, there. Baroness- How can you have gender dysphoria and be so proud of your penis? Yeah, of yeah.
4: course. Of course. Because hey, it's, they, they changed the rules. They changed the rules so everyone can be special. When Baroness Nicholson got in trouble with them all, they were sending her those sort of pictures. An 80 year old woman. And apparently, it was all right because she's a Tory. like, Yeah, but she's an 80 year old woman. What are you doing? What's wrong with you people? And Twitter didn't ban them.
0: I'm going to talk, wake talk, up one morning. It. I'm going to go on social media or I'm going to go on bbc.co.uk, Northwest. And I'm going to see that you've been battered to death by a gaggle of trannies <laughs> that have found you. <laughs> uh, the, well, to put, you to put a stop you to you, you once go. and for all. Yeah.
4: Yeah. If you've gotta go, what a way to go
0: i've seen I've seen that happen before i i um I've seen it on Live leak. I saw a video on Live leak once of a guy running from a group of trans women who he'd paid for sex but but he hadn't paid them yes, and he ran away media, so they caught up with him it was on it was on Lively and they gave him a proper one of kick my
4: favorites <laughs> I think it was from Manchester it might have been actually someone picked on a trans woman. But what they didn't know was it was actually someone on a stag day. No And he was way. a cage fighter.
0: Oh, I remember that. It was a bloke dressed so up as a woman, but was actually dressed as, a cage Yes, fighter. and
4: dressed as a lady he dealt <laughs> out most Spectacular talking to. How to these young gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he calmed them right down. I think it's fair to say they were very relaxed.
0: Can I just, After that's a brilliant anything. story. Can I just make, t- let's make it serious. Because there is a serious point. Yeah you made you made it earlier on this lunacy that's this fetishistic stuff that's going on it is a problem for gay men and women many of whom i know who had to deal with proper prejudice in the 70s and 80s listen yeah. i wrote about this on the website not again to to try and you know portray myself as worthy i'm not but i remember when my now dead boss said to me one friday morning at work He said, Richie, you know we go to Gecko, don't you? And I said, yeah, Gecko. At the time, it was um, a couple of Fridays a month. It was Waterford's only gay night for gay and lesbian men and women. He said, Richie, we're getting a bit of stick. Now, he was no shrinking violet and he was no snowflake either. I said what do you mean and he said well last couple of times there's been guys hanging around Ballybrickin in Waterford which was near to the venue uh, it was run by a lovely bloke called Jerry Forrestal Jerry lovely lovely fella um whom I'm not in touch with anymore sadly but anyway um so I, I accompanied, accompanied them a couple of times because you know I'm a I'm a big old lump and I'm yeah. I'm not Chuck Norris now or anything like it but I I'm not shy either and yeah yeah, there was bother. They were getting harassed by lads that were trying to kick bells out of them. So they had to deal with this crap. And none of these gay men and women wanted anybody's affirmation or anybody's um un, you know they didn't devotion. Want else's Just rights. leave us alone. And they must be looking at this, and you touched on this, it's very important. They must be looking at some of this stuff now going, This is this is bad news now.
4: Well First. here's what's happening the I don't like to say the transfer, but the T R A is the activists. They've completely appropriated the, 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 the gay struggle. Yes. Completely appropriated it. They use it for their own ends, just like they've appropriated the moral authority of transsexuals. And they use the same lines, you're just doing what you did in the 80s. It's like, no, no, because, do you know what? No gay man would ever have supported another gay man for waving his cock around in front of a little kid's face. He wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's always going to be some, because the thing is as well, being trans or gay, or straight, doesn't make you good. It doesn't make you bad either. You either are one or the other yourself. So it's everything is presented as a monolith, then it's not a monolith. And anything you criticise is taken as a hateful action towards the entire community.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: You know, I think Peter Tatchell was posting once how they were taking away some bushes in a park that he enjoyed and how that's disgusting to the gay community. And I said, well, you could always try not Fucking in the bushes,
0: yeah, yeah, just a thought he won't come on with me ever again, by the way, because well, last, no, he won't, he won't last time he was on me. yeah, nor you last time he was on with me, I owned him when he said that we have to go after people who think these things, and I took him to the cleaners i said listen <clears throat> you you can criticize people or censor them for saying. Horrible things about gay people By all means take them on But the minute you start talking about thought crime I'm not having it And I used to have, have it's them it's on actually, regularly Took him apart Peter yeah, yeah. is,
4: is wrong from head to toe The man is wrong from head to toe He's a wrong gun
0: it, it took me a while to figure it out everybody. to be honest It took me a while to bad figure it out everybody.
4: Yeah. But when I was lectured How I was attacking gay people I taking away their right to fucking the bushes I'm thinking Of all the gay people I've known in my life Not a massive now but quite a lot I can't think of one of them in real life. I go, well, that's definitely a part of who I am. Absolutely. I'm sure they might have done it once, twice. We've all had a fumble outside with somebody.
0: A knee trembler.
4: But an integral part of my entire sexuality? No. No, it's just you being a dirty bugger. We yeah, don't yeah. have to hide away now that was the whole point of everything <laughs> you went bunker. through
0: <laughs> we were such christians we had such christian <laughs> upbringings in we? you dirty bunker. anything well, you that doesn't are, involve the, anything that doesn't involve the missionary position and thinking of god <laughs> is dirty
4: that, you know, that's the other thing if i caught if i was out in the park playing football with my son and then slowly know, dying heart attack and I came across a heterosexual couple haven't it they, when the bush you Tempted yeah. to call them a dirty bugger. Absolutely.
0: As well. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
4: yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Have you no respect? Get for indoors. Everybody yeah. Else?
0: Absolutely. Get a room, well, Get indoors.
4: Do it at night when no one's here, for God's sake. Go on. Maybe oh. a bucket of water. That's always the solution, isn't it?
0: A, a cold bucket of water. <laughs> no, that's, that's right. Here's,
4: here's what I'm going to, just to be serious at the end here. Final word what for happened? you, by the way. There's We're
0: yeah. nearly out of time, so you're going if to get this to the final word.
4: Someone's gonna be killed. And when that happens, they will say, Look what the bigots have done.
0: A guy who jumps into a pool in San Francisco, somebody like that is going to be murdered and they're going to turn and on. Someone's
4: someone's going to walk outside, they'll do it somewhere they really shouldn't do it. Yeah. Texas. Texas, yeah. And the wife's going to go outside and say to the husband, This guy's in there showing his dick to our child. What's going to happen? Bad things are going to happen. They'll, they'll say, Look what the bigots have done. Yeah. We're massive victims. And I'm sick and tired of hearing that one as well. We're marginalised, we're victims. The trans demographic is far safer than being a, a woman. You know, that's, that's the marginalised, victimised part of our society. Women. No White doubt women. about it. Women. No doubt about women. it. And these guys, and Laurel Hubbard is a part of that, she can be as childish as she's like, when a mediocre man Becomes a champion. Look at the state of that fucking thing.
0: Look at the state of it.
4: It's a a man.
0: And you have a New Zealand athlete. She's probably worked her entire life. Can't go to the Olympics because of that fucker.
4: Sorry for the bad language. Apologies for the bad language. He got nowhere in male competition. So what do you do? Well, I don't want to be a loser. Hey, check it out. Don't even have to get your tackle cut off now. You just got to say.
0: Yeah.
4: I'm a lady. Take some hormones grow some flabby moops. and uh there you go hey presto
0: a you're a woman and you're a female yeah. athlete and you're representing new zealand it's a joke isn't it's
4: it it's is, everything's mental we're we're living in oh, clowns come back real soon mate plug. i'm just getting angrier.
0: i know plug a uh, plug uh thursday's program gives a give us a good plug
4: yeah thursday 10 o'clock on youtube.com slash alt feed for as long as we're still allowed to be there or we release everything we can't release there on altfeed.org but we're live at 10 o'clock every Thursday and you can even come along and see us now there's tickets on not altfeed yet but accountsdirect.co slash tickets uh,
0: by, by the way it's hysterically funny folks he ta- Hayden and Graham and others talk about these issues seriously there's a lot of laughs there as well. It's very, very funny. And uh, production-wise, it's excellent. It looks great. It's a great program. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash Altfeed. A-L-T-F-E-E-D. Thursdays at 10 o'clock. But check out Stephen beforehand. Uh, oh, what, yeah. What a absolutely. great guy Stephen is.
4: moving up as well. Yeah, he's great, so, Stephen. Yeah. And then in the autumn, I do believe there's another show starting as well. There so, is. There is. So there is. That's oh, something to look forward to. And let me know when you're available. for I've got to share this news with you or I'm going to burst.
0: Any morning, any morning we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a chinwag on the I'll old do dog and
4: show. Listen, thanks for having me on, brother. It was great.
0: No, it's great to have you back, mate. Thanks for that. The great Hayden Hewitt folks. Trigger warning, but go to altfeed.org, youtube.com, youtube.com forward slash altfeed Thursdays at ten o'clock. Top man. Thanks, Hayden. Now that's it. Thanks again uh, to David Curtin. Brilliant in air one great crack with Hayden Hewitt there. Serious stuff as well. I don't see people as freaks. I really don't. It's not mature to be referring to people in those terms but sometimes, a bit like that funny guy, Andrew Lawrence, sometimes you've got to put it up them, you know you've got to push the boundaries a bit because it is getting crazy, really when a guy can go into a spa in California and, you know, get naked in front of women and children and say he's a woman you know, I I think it's uh, it's time to say things about that, you know and to call it out as best as you can. That's it for the programme. Thanks Hayden, thanks David. Back with you tomorrow Wednesday. Phone in tomorrow. You're the star from 5.30 to 7 o'clock tomorrow. Adios!